0: Hi, my name is Bill, and I am a man without a party. Welcome to the D-Party Podcast. This is a place for those of you who may currently be politically homeless, but who haven't forgotten your true home. Welcome in. Episode 35, The End of the Matter. Well, hello, everyone. You may have noticed if you've been paying attention, and it's okay if you haven't, but if you have, um, I haven't put out a new episode in almost two months. I wish I had a good reason for this silence. The truth is, I ran out of things to say. This isn't because there isn't still a lot to talk about. My goodness, there's so much to talk about. And there are a great many people talking right now. But all the talk becomes exhausting after a while, doesn't it? I think this is why I have gone silent, at least on this podcast. I'm certainly still fairly active on certain social media platforms, probably more than is good for me and for others. But I've begun to wonder where I fit, where the best use of me is. I'm not a pundit. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a writer. I'm certainly not a politician. This is a time for grief. We will have recorded 150,000 American deaths due to the COVID-19 pandemic in the next few days. What compounds this grief is the number of people who are refusing to see what this ghastly count means. Many of these deaths were preventable. But America has deep problems that have prevented us from truly taking on this crisis in a unified and effective manner. We are divided politically, and that divide screams louder than wisdom or unity or even well agreed upon epidemiological practice. Entangled in this divide in a way that is a deep, deep grief for me personally is the church, the church that I love deeply. Too many of us, not all certainly, but a significant proportion of evangelicals have decided that persecution narratives, political idolatry, Christian nationalism, and an unbiblical understanding of rights and privileges means we are going to be no help whatsoever in solving this health crisis. Decades of being discipled by political pundits and a half decade of being enthralled to one of the most dishonest and ungodliest men on the planet will do that to you. We've become, in many ways, blind and deaf to the cries of our countrymen, and we have latched onto the notion that science and expertise is to be distrusted. This usually changes when it begins to affect us personally, Everyone hates the elites until they need a good oncologist. We've decided that we're good people, and how dare anyone suggest otherwise? It's bizarre, frankly, given our theology, that we would think this, but nationalism and political idolatry are very addictive drugs. I love the church. Many of the very best people I know are followers of Jesus, but I grieve for where we find ourselves in 2020 in the midst of a pandemic. We are not known primarily as the hands and feet of Jesus bringing healing and help to a hurting and sick world. We are more known as Karen, screaming in a Walmart about how Jesus doesn't want her to wear a mask. And I apologize to all the people named Karen out there. By the way, that meme is extremely unfair to most of you. I've come to the conclusion that this little podcast isn't really going to make much difference in the balance of things. I hope to continue doing my part in the church because I think the church in America is definitely worth saving. It's still beautiful, and that her loudest voices are not always her best voices or represent the most of her people. I think that the white evangelical church has been party to a massive failure in discipleship over the past few decades and has allowed the toxic stew of right-wing politics to invade her belief system and has grown quite comfortable with that. I admit that at times I've grown impatient with the pastors who are standing around with a who-farted look on their faces as they see their congregations eaten up by QAnon conspiracy theories and truly toxic partisan idolatry. The massive failure in discipleship is on all of our hands. We should have seen it coming. We smiled and winked as our members fell deeper into the vortex of right-wing radio and TV I remember back in the mid-90s when the head of the pastor search team in our church joked that our new pastor had better be an Aggie and a Republican. The Aggie thing is localized in my part of Texas and may not make sense to you, but we all laughed. I laughed. The Republican part of his joke made great sense at the time. I repent. And, well, there's a lot to repent of and not because there are platform planks in both major parties that don't line up with Scripture. We need to repent because we're supposed to be sworn to allegiance to only one kingdom and only one king. Perhaps my role in the local church is to be an albeit small voice trying to draw people back to the glorious biblical narrative of redemption through Christ, a redemption that isn't just for later but happens now, a call back to the Savior who preached in the synagogue, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. To understand that, yes, Jesus is speaking of spiritual oppression and spiritual blindness, but that he is also speaking of the physical that our gospel isn't truncated and only for the future. Without being provocative, though this will be seen as such, a gospel that is only a punch ticket to paradise is the gospel of the slaveholder. Bearing with oppression now and pie in the sky when you die and a shrug of the shoulders for those fortunate enough to be on the non-oppressed side of the ledger. Look, we were created to live in a garden of fellowship with God and man, and darn it, this present age isn't a break from that. It's not a meaningless time while we wait for the coming of the Lord and try to hold back the barbarians from the gates. The entire Bible is God bringing us back to plan A in the garden, and he actually does mean for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, today. The Sermon on the Mount wasn't Jesus playing games with us to help us see our need for him, though it does do that. It is Jesus telling us how kingdom people live, now. We need to remember that the so-called barbarians at the gates are our mission field. The gospel is not just spiritual, it is physical too. We were given a great gift in 2020, a chance to really be the church in the midst of a crisis. Many churches answered that call. Far too many decided that 2020 was a chance to argue about wearing masks and build more protective walls around their highly treasured persecution narratives. I don't know where all this will end up. I naively said in an April podcast that I thought we were at the end of the beginning. Back then we had around 18,000 fatalities and I was expecting a summer lull in the pandemic. I was wrong. We're currently being slammed with a second spike of the first wave and are nearing 150,000 fatalities and nothing seems to have changed. Not the hardened positions of the pandemic truthers, not a feckless national leadership, although to their credit, they did recently begin to allow that wearing a mask isn't necessarily the sign that you're a liberal wussy. And certainly nothing has changed about the virus itself. COVID-19 never cared about our politics or our prosperity gospels or the fact that we think wearing masks is dumb. It just wants what it has always wanted, space in our lungs. America is complying, unfortunately, and both our politicians and our prosperity gospel preachers have come up against something that can't be gaslit away. So, in summary, I am not planning any more podcast episodes at this time. I'm amazed I had 35 episodes worth of stuff to say in the first place. I'm not done fighting, praying, hoping, and when given the chance, teaching. I am not done believing that the Lord has better things for the church in America. I'm stealing myself for the pain that change will entail it will be good pain. The building may have to be torn down to be rebuilt. I'm okay with that. Jesus clears temples and takes them down stone by stone to redeem his people. He is amazing, worth being followed by every bit of who we are. I hope to follow him better going forward. Jesus is the only king we have worthy of that title. He is the only one who fulfills all his promises. If you are his, he has called you to far more than fighting with your political opposites on Facebook and Twitter. I wish you the best. Thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. I hope it has been worth your time. I'll leave you with two short passages, one from the Old Testament and one from the New, that capture where my mind is at these days. The first is Micah 6.8. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. The second comes from the very end of the book, Revelation 22, verses 20 through 21. He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen.